My name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangra while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging, and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All the best always. Team Sunrise. Hey, my name is Shabnam Sahi. Welcome to the official Sunrise Radio podcast. I'm on your radio weekdays from 9am to 12 noon. If you've heard the show, you know what to expect from it. But here are some exciting, interesting Bollywood stories that you may have missed this time round, served up as part of our official Sunrise Radio podcast. Enjoy. Shah Rukh Khan, Deepika Padukone, John Abraham heading off to Spain very soon to finish the last schedule of that Pathan shoot. That has been the buzz for a while now. Apparently, one key romantic song and several action sequences are to be canned across various parts of Spain. Now, Aditya Chopra and director Siddharth Anand, they're very keen to not let the Aryan Khan incident which disrupted their schedule completely, impact either the look or the feel of Pathan, which is their most ambitious project yet. And after Shah Rukh Khan revealed his present look in an ad, what did you think? I mean, I always find that when a man tries to look his age and play his age on screen, it is absolutely irresistible. So that salt and pepper beard and, you know, not trying to look 20 years younger than he actually is, but actually acing that middle age. It is middle age, but how handsome does Shah Rukh look now? That's what I personally feel. What do you think? Well, fans, when this look was revealed, fans, they completely went gaga. We are so desperate to see Shah Rukh in something, anything, that I suppose anything he, un- he unveils becomes immediately magical. But nonetheless, Shah Rukh Khan looking like a million bucks one more time, which is absolutely great. Now, naturally, Shah Rukh Khan fan club, they are counting down the days for his next film to release. Shah Rukh Khan and Raju Hirani's next, which dwells on things like immigration and roots and identity, and it channels that sentiment via Punjab ke sarson ke khet and Canada ke snowy peaks. That's what I'm guessing. Now, this film spans a vast timeline. Sunne many special cameos have been supposedly drafted in. Jim Sarb, Vicky Koshal, many, many other famous faces will crop up in this film. Away from the IPL auctions, allegedly he is making his debut as a writer, very keen to pen a film and also a web series. I have no idea what Aryan is going to be writing on, but I can definitely, definitely predict he will not be writing on a narcotics trade. I'm sure. 
Now, former Bollywood superstar and the disco dancer that Bappi Lahiri sang for and immortalized, Mithun Chakravarti ki baat kariyo mein. Mithun Chakravarti is in the news a lot because he's about to make his OTT debut in a psychological thriller titled Bestseller. Mithunda plays Lokesh Pramanik, the assistant commissioner of police, the ACP, investigating a rather devious case. Lekin OTT se dur, talking about his career and Bollywood in general, he dissects the anatomy of today's showbiz landscape and Mithun Chakravarti says, I have to be realistic. I have to try and embrace the reality of how entertainment works today. I can't afford to swim against the tide and dwell on my superstardom from the past. That would be foolish, right? That's going to be my mistake. He says, playing nuanced, age-appropriate roles, that is what I intend to do and especially roles that appeal to me. Frankly, if you ask me, I know people are very excited about the fact that I'm finally embracing OTT. But to me, it doesn't make an iota of difference whether it is a film, a drama, a TV serial, OTT, as long as it appeals to me, that's what matters. Now, after winning the national award for Mrinal Sren's Mrigya in 1976, that's how he started, followed by a spy thriller Suraksha in 1979, then practically owning the 80s with films like Disco Dancer, Dance Dance, Pyar Jhukta Nahi, Kasam Peda Karne Wale Ki, Commando and so many other films. Mithun Chakravarti shares wise words, especially for today's generation, when he says, stardom is great, but you know what? It puts you in a very, very, very lonely place. Be a good human first. Keep your friends close, even when you're the biggest thing in Bollywood. Because one day, you will need them again when all this fades away. And guess what? It fades away very quickly. See, maybe though exactly I it. I mean, only the other day, I was 21. I could do three late nights on the trot without blinking. Now I seem to need three naps to deal with one late night. Now, who wants to see Deepika Padukone and Salman Khan in a film together? Many, many fans, apparently. And they are curious why no one has approached them with a script yet. So, trashing rumours that she actually has a problem with Salman, that is what the rumour says. Trashing all of that, Deepika Padukone recently revealed in an interview that it was Salman who actually approached her first with a film offer before anyone else did. Deepika says we've always had a beautiful relationship and I'll always be grateful to Salman because he was one of the first people to offer me a film. It was just a tragedy that I was not ready for it. I had just started modeling and somebody I had worked with mentioned my work to Salman. He saw it. He liked it. Sadly, I was not ready for films. I didn't want to be an actor at the time. And then literally two years later, Om Shanti Om happened. She says Salman saw the potential in me even when I didn't know of the potential myself. But then she says, look, I've been in the industry for 15 years and it is only after 15 years I'm getting the chance to work with Rithik Roshan in Fighter for the very uh, first time. So I'm hoping that if Salman and I are destined to work together, that will happen sometime soon. Now, I hope somebody has told Deepika Padkorn that Salman Khan will not take a snub very lightly or kindly. Which is what it was, right? Turning him down or then two years promptly making her debut with his nemesis, I mean his best friend, Shah Rukh Khan. In such a way, Salman is not going to forgive him easily. First, I'll tell you. Because that is what caused a massive rift between Salman Khan 
and Sanjay Leela Bansali. You know that, right? There he was, Sanjay Leela Bansali, scurrying from one star to the next, running from pillar to post, hoping to get one big star, maybe two, if he was lucky, for his film Hum Dil De Chuke Sanam. And it was a hard job back then. Why? Because he just had a massive flop called Khamoshi the Musical. Aisi surat mein Salman Khan apparently read the script, gave him the time of day, came on board and said, Thik hai yaar, I like the script. Even if Ajay gets the girl at the end, you know, because naturally he had a soft spot for Ash at the time. I'll do it. I'll do it. And how did Sanjay Leela Bansali reward him for Hamdil De Chuke Sinam? He promptly made Devdas and replaced Salman with Shah Rukh. Bas, bhai jaan naraz ho gai. Jao, mein tumse baat nahi karta. Ab manate rahe na mujhe haan. Please, Sanjay ji. Ab to unhe maaf kar dijiye na. Sunne mein ya aya hai ki maafi... Sanjay Leela Bansali Salman se nahi it is the other way around apparently Salman has been in hot pursuit of Mr Bansali saying that yaar let bygones be bygones yaar too much water under the bridge yaar let's make a film together please kabhi kabhi ek film ki kahani ke sath sath uska opening scene jo hota hai na that also becomes spectacularly memorable for one reason or the other you know it becomes a searing memory each time you revisit that scene it really moves you and it certainly moves me and i'm sure i'm not alone who remembers for instance the opening scene from amir khan's lagan champaner bharat ke beech basaye gaon or my most favorite lines ever in that haunting baritone the opening lines from parinita sun 1962 kolkata rickshaw ka tramon ka coffee house ki shamon ka shahar parivartan ke prayas ka kali badi ke vishwas ka रसगुल्ले की मिठास का फुचके के तीखे एहसास का शहर प्रेम के ढाई आखर का लोलिता और शेखर का शहर कलकत्ता जितनी बार मैं ये सुनती हूं ना बीच में दो तीन वर्सेस और हैं मेरे रोंगटे खड़े हो जाते हैं यू नो इट मूव्स मी टू टेयर्स मे बी बिकॉज कोलकाता इज माय शहर बट also because of the way pradeep sarkar mounted that film it was his love letter to kolkata and mr bachchan's voice i mean that was key that superstar mr bachchan with that deep deeply moving inimitable voice has been roped in to be the narrator for another film did you hear about this this is going to be prabhas and pooja hegde's upcoming multilingual love story draped across beautiful europe in the 1970s I'm hoping it is not Eastern Europe jahan pe abhi love story to aap shoot nahi kar sakte perhaps a war saga but anyway uh, we are talking about Radhe Sham so Mr Bachchan has been roped in to be the narrator for Radhe Sham Radha Krishna Kumar who happens to be the director of Radhe Sham he says the film is set in the 1970s it is mounted on a massive scale we needed a voice that can command the nation and who better than Mr Amitabh Bachchan a voice that everyone recognizes respects and most importantly loves we are so happy to have him as Radhe Sham's narrator चलिए जी कम से कम इसके लिए ही राधे श्याम तो देखनी पड़ेगी इट लुक्स लाइक रिपब्लिक डे नेक्स्ट ईयर ट्वेंटी बॉलीवुड बॉक्स ऑफिस डिरेक्टर सिद्धार्थ आनंद हैज ऑलरेडी बुक्ड दैट वीक एंड फॉर ऋतिक रोशन एंड दीपिकाज एक्शन थ्रिलर फाइटर विच होप्स टू पैकेज द स्टोरी इन ए रियली स्लीक वे वी आर नाउ बींग टोल्ड दैट बॉलीवुड अनऑफिशियल प्रिंस ऑफ पेट्रियोटिज्म यू नो हुई राइट जॉन एब्रहम ही हैज अनाउंसड अ टाई अप विथ मैडक फिल्म ऑन अ पोलिटिकल स्ट्रोक एक्शन थ्रिलर टाइटल्स तेहरान डिरेक्टर अरुण गोपालन इंटेंस टू पुट अप अ गुड फाइट वेन दे गो हेड टू हेड विथ फाइटर बोथ फिल्म एम 
aiming at what is considered in the business one of the most lucrative box office windows but i said a three way clash remember so it is fighter versus tehran versus shraddha kapoor and ranbir kapoor's as yet untitled film all on the republic day bollywood menu next jan well may the best fighter be sent to tehran unless the kapoor's have a surprise up their sleeve Now little bits and pieces of the interview uh, team Gangubai did at the Berlin International Film Festival. These are now being widely uh, shared on social media naturally ahead of Gangubai's uh, release uh, tomorrow. Sanjay Leela Bansali told the press how Alia's boyfriend Ranveer Kapoor Ranbir Kapoor apparently complained to him about Alia speaking just like Gangu at home refusing to let go of the persona the whole time that they were shooting. They're talking very passionately about the Dholi da song. Sanjay Leela Bansali said, "I didn't know that Alia was such a good dancer, yeah, but when she danced to Dholi da, I thought here is an actor who has finally transcended. It is a very goose flesh moment for me, he says, to even talk about it. When you transcend, when you forget who's in front of you, what you look like, what you feel like, you just become one with that character and you express all the angst, all the anguish, everything that your character is feeling in that one song. Alia poured her heart and soul into Dholida. He says it is a song that I will take to my grave. It is um, I think it, if there is any shot that I want to be played when I breathe my last it will be alia doing that shot because it is completely the best thing that i've seen an actor do in a very long time oh we shall ask you that question one more time mr bansali after you make your next film meanwhile actor dancer shandanu maheshwari he's loving the attention his work is getting right now he plays gangubai's one true love and he's seen in the jab sayya aisham ko to lag gaye chand mere naam ko wala gana and he says that what a learning curve how amazing the experience was shantanu maheshwari kehte hain ki i have only one person to thank for this dream come true and it is sanjay sir when i got to know i have been selected i was thrilled because i was getting to work with the best initially i was nervous but his passion is what drove me to perform even better than what i thought i was capable of getting to be a part of Sanjay Leela Bansali's films especially songs i mean that is a learning experience like no other working with him being able to take part in the discussions that we have before every shot every scene as an actor as a performer as a dancer that gives you immense confidence jab aap dekhte hain na ki the captain of your ship knows exactly how to chart the journey it is so gratifying and alia bhat said something which really made a lot of sense to me and it really you know gives you an insight into how sanjay leela bansali's mind works alia said ki normally when you go on set you know a director sits you down you already have the script they tell you okay this is the look this is these are your clothes that's going to be the location this is your co-star ye aapki line hai madam yaad kar lijiye and then you know kind of get into character and deliver your lines the best you can she says sanjay leela bansali does the exact opposite Once he hands you the script he will hand you 500 other references he'll say ki your character is based on this especially if it is a real life character so alia in your spare time i expect you to read all of this i expect you to have a picture of this gangubai 
in your own mind completely independent of what the script might say so he doesn't tell you how to get from point a to point b wo nahi kehte hain ki aap yahan se yahan aise acting karke jaiye wo kehte hain ki dekhiye aap point a se b ke jaane ke liye aap a ke baad z bhi ja sakti hain j bhi ja sakti hain uske baad number 14 bhi aap ja sakti hain phir kahin ghuma phira ke as long as you get to be in a way that you look convincing that people buy your story and of course you add to my vision for the film i'm happy with it homework aapko khud karna hai you have to draw that character from within you yourself i'm not going to hold your hand there eh? you're all on your own now director mohit suri is back in the spotlight with streaks of gray in his hair and looking very good but his confidence soaring as always he says since it took me 12 films 12 films to reach a position in bollywood where most people reach in 2 3 films the route has been long it has been treacherous but i have also learned that the key is to chase stories and not stars this amounts to creative suicide main janta hu because you're giving content preference over all other parameters that have always been important to bollywood but this is how i operate hum to aise hi hai bhai now with an impressive cv that boasts films like zeher kalyug volam hai raz avarapan आशिकी टू मर्डर टू एक विलन मलंग मोहित सूरी कहते हैं आई टेकन दिस कॉन्शियस डिसीशन दैट आई ओनली वर्क विद पीपल हु आर राइट फॉर माई फिल्म दे कुड बी स्टार्स दे कुड बी न्यू कमर्स इट डजन मैटर दे हैव टू फिट द रोल लाइक अ ग्लव देन ही सेज आई कैन प्राउडली से दैट आई मेक द फिल्म दैट आई विश टू मेक वेदर इट इज अ हिट इट इज अ फ्लॉप ये तो ऑडियंस पर डिपेंड करता है आई माइट अर्न अ लिटल लेस but it may take me even longer to reach you know the highest rung uh, where the top bollywood directors reside but theek hai you know i've made my peace with it main banaunga wahi film jo main banana chahta hu mona inkent thank you so much for that you know i just had a quick look you're after zara si dil mein tu jagade that song from jannat right i am 100% sure we had that song but right now my computer is saying ah uh, ah uh, shabnam sahi not there You can catch Shabnam Sahi the ultimate storyteller weekdays 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Hi this is Anushka Arora as always lovely to have your company for the Sunrise Radio podcast and this week I have another special guest on the show. I'm very very happy to announce and welcome our resident guest on Sunrise Radio Satinder Sardaj via the phone lines. Welcome to Sunrise. How are you? Hello, hello Mr. Thank you very much. I am I'm brilliant. How are you doing? I'm very very well, thank you. Although a little bit upset that you couldn't make it to the studio, but I know oh. you're very busy with your UK tour, aren't you? I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, <laughs> we would love to obviously because it is अरुणाचल <laughs> 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 <laughs>
because I was too focused. I was in my own zone at home mm-hmm. in my Riyadh Gah in my studio. Wow! And I have created one hundred and seventy new songs with me composition. Wow! So uh, that's how the pandemic has been with me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I know we <clears throat> should also reckon the losses. Mm-hmm. What have happened throughout the globe? Mm-hmm. That is the you know that is the saddest part of it. Mm-hmm. But despite that, if you are looking on the positive side, mm-hmm. the nature has blossomed more, the sky is more bluer, and there are so many things which has happened in a positive aspect. And particularly, if you have heard our song, it is called "Kuch Badal Gaya." Hanji. That was describing the entire, you know, the cosmos. What I have mm. uh, actually witnessed during that pandemic. That was the one part of it. The other was by the creativity, mm-hmm. and the third was during that pandemic in last December. We flew to London to your beautiful city mm-hmm. and shot a music video. It is called Nadan Vihiyas, which you probably have heard. Yes, yes. I have. मतलब तो see last year भी London आई ताँ भी नहीं मिले इस हुन भी ऐसे आए हो यो ताँ भी नहीं मिल रहे हद नहीं हो गई वैसे हद नहीं हो गई वैसे इस बारी तो मैं कोशिश कर रहा हूँ ये किसी तरीके My God मैं ते बहुत ही नाराज हो गई हूँ मैं ते हो रही नाराज हो गई हूँ टोडे नाल होंते स्टूडियो आ जाओ बिल्कुल आई थिंक यू शुड एंड एंड यू यू के टू बाय कमिंग टू द सनराइज तुसी बुलाया ही नहीं फिर असि किवे आए असि किवे आईए इनू कहंदे पंजाबी च मेने नहीं ए ए तुसी तुसी आप पे दसो कदी हो सकदे कि टोडा शो होए तुसी ना आईए ना आईए दैट्स व्हाट आई एम ज्योमिंग नो एब्सोल्युटली आई वुड डेफिनेटली आई लव दिस मेने टू या आई नो नो सताजी इट्स ऑनेस्टली यू नो यू गिव यू आर प्रोबब्ली वन ऑफ one of those very very special artists uh, oh. that we get to witness here live when you come and perform and the fact that you oh, are also no no sachi sachi this sir you know when somebody asks me anushka what is one of your best shows that you have hosted i will it always say you it was yes it that was <laughs> one of the best best shows ever honestly you know whenever we have to show our show footage mm. look with someone in chandigarh when someone is coming from mumbai or wherever yeah if we have to show one of our concert yeah. one yeah. in my entire life yeah. that is the wembley arena 2018 where anushka roa was लंडन ऑडियंस you know how are you feeling about performing at the royal albert hall 
last time when we performed it was 2nd of May 2014 and yeah. this is my second performance in this most prestigious mm. concert venue on planet earth i would rather welcome mm. uh this is honestly this time it is more like you know you have the responsibility now yes so, uh, yeah yeah yep. because you know people are coming from glasgow people are coming from edinburgh mm. people are coming from throughout the united kingdom england and wales probably yeah etc <laughs> etc so it is like you have to entertain them they should feel blossoming inside out when they are inside the roller bit hall and it is entirely up to you so i have to maintain that particular mm-hmm. you know uh zone of beauty and nostalgic feel obviously people are from punjab they do yep. uh love and miss their homeland their parents mm. their farms their villages their language and many things mm. so that is kind of uh, the beauty of a performing artist is like it is test you mm-hmm. have to do now and yeah. otherwise it is not a recording like you can retake and uh, so yeah i am happy also i am excited less excited but mm-hmm. more like uh, kind of responsible. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that one. Um so uh, Sindhi, you know, you you work so hard. You said that you you know, you've composed uh, 170 songs over the last couple of years. Which, one, no, no, not couple of years. It is 6 months. Si- oh, 6 <laughs> months. Wow. I mean, how is that even possible? Don't the uh, world record eh, I think this must be. We should put you in the Guinness Book of World Records then. Yeah, they don't say that in one day sometimes it is two songs with composition, sometimes it's three, sometimes wow. it's five. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. So I I'm hoping that you're going to release a lot of uh, you know, new songs for us over the Actually like really these quickly days, Anushka, you know what mm. these days what i'm doing if i'm on touring mm. uh northern america mm. if i am traveling uh from vancouver to victoria in a ferry mm. whoever the friend with me i will ask him okay put the phone on the horizontal zone and put the video on let's shoot the music video <laughs> <laughs> this is all we are managing because it is the, the content is too much yeah and you need to release it like This. Absolutely. So at, at my house, it there is a studio. I dub my entire songs by my own single self. Wow, that is see. This is the beauty of you. This is the beauty of Sitinder Sultan. <laughs> this is why we love you so much. <laughs> yeah. So these days, I have shot ten music videos my on God. my own my iPhone. My God! My God! <laughs> And wow. you will see in near months. We will release our album. It is called Travel Diaries. Wow! And those all their music videos, which are shot on my own phone, are going to be public. Oh my and god! Published. I can't wait! I can't wait! Jaldi, jaldi release karo tu si. Now, uh, Sitendraji, Hanji, Hanji. Sorry to interrupt. And no, no. One last thing. Hanji. That no one knows yet. It is exclusively for you. We were in Newcastle for a concert. and in the afternoon before the concert i was shooting on my phone the music video in newcastle oh my god <laughs> <laughs> wow this is unbelievable i really really can't wait to see the footage of this uh, especially especially the newcastle footage i'm looking yeah. forward to that one <laughs> that is mini london i never been there have you been there 
to Newcastle? No, yes. I haven't actually. Oh, it is gorgeous. Oh. It is historical. It is whatever. Like, oh, oh such. Uh, you know, my <laughs> first love is history and old. Yes, and I know this. And yes, Newcastle has everything in like that. So, oh wow! Yeah. That is lovely. So, so nice to hear that. So, Dindaji, just one message to all of your fans who are listening to you right now, all yeah. of your fans who are going to come and see you. Some people may not be able to, for whatever reason, not be able to come. But okay. if you can give a message for them and maybe sing a few lines of any of your songs. Uh, oh, first of all, thank you very much, Anushka, <laughs> and the listeners of The Rise. Uh, I know you are coming to Royal Albert Hall. London, but if you are not, that is equally fine because that must be the very, very fine and reasonable thing, which is very much considerable. But if you are not coming, then I must sing my most dearest uh, song for you is Nadanjayas. Obviously, I. Assume Anushka gonna pay. Yes. Play that song after. I am literally. This is a song that I have got lined up for you afterwards. <laughs> I can read your mind and heart. No mind reading. Nalni onda tu si studio aao. Me no ni mind reading chayda. So no, it is necessary to sing a song or what? Yes, of course, of okay. course you must. Ah, suraj no fikre astati. वेले ने शामा दे उपरों सरनावे है नहीं मंजिल मुकामा दे सफरा ते आ सैरा ते नहीं के परा ते आ सैरा ते नहीं करिए होने उम्मीदा के ना खैरा तेरे हथा छे मैं तेखेनी कदी कसे तेरे ते डोरिया मेरिए अनुष्का जाइए के सानू नी पता एरा जाते लंडन दे How lovely, how lovely. Sutindaji, so, thank you so, so much for taking the time out and speaking to us today. Uh, and we really look forward to seeing you uh, on Sunday at the Royal Albert Hall. Perfect. We'll look at you. <laughs> you are sitting. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Take care. Enjoy Birmingham. Enjoy your rehearsals and enjoy the rest of your time here. Yeah. Okay, All right. Take you. care. Thanks See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Listen to our Bollywood queen Anushka Arora from 12 noon to 4 p.m. weekdays on Sunrise. Hello, this is Sonia Datta from Drive Time on Sunrise. I'm on your radio every Monday to Friday from 4 p.m. NHS England and NHS Improvement launched a campaign in January 2022 to promote NHS mental health services, encouraging anyone experiencing feelings such as anxiety, depression, or other common mental health concerns to seek help through NHS Talking Therapies, also known as IAPT, Improved Access to Psychological Therapies. 
Talking therapies can be offered in a number of ways, including a self-help workbook with therapy support, as an online course, over the phone, one-to-one or in a group. Appointments with therapists are conducted in confidence and help is available in person, by video consultation, telephone or interactive text. Joining me now is Senior Psychological Wellbeing Practitioner Umar Sadiq. Umar, welcome to Sunrise. Thank you very much for having me. So Umar, would you like to start by telling us um, what are NHS talking therapies and who can use these services? So um, NHS talking therapies are free effective and a confidential way to treat common mental health issues. Um, So with the talking therapies, they are there to help by working through feelings of anxiety um, or even depression with a trained therapist. So it is open to people living in the UK. You know, if you've got a GP that you're registered with a GP in your local area, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to access your local IAP service. So that stands for improving access to psychological therapies. So it's mainly talking therapies who um, offer support to those struggling with anxiety or low mood. And how can we access the NHS talking therapy service? So um, you could either refer yourself through your GP or alternatively you can self-refer through uh, nhs.uk forward slash talk. And what's meant by free and confidential service? What does that mean exactly? So free and confidential, what we mean by that is... um, you don't pay anything towards these appointments and confidential um, everything that we talk about during any appointments stay within the service. Mm. So data isn't shared. Um, your notes aren't shared with anyone. Your GP will probably be involved in keeping updated about your care. You know, we, we don't share any information to any other agencies. Right. Okay. And that's really important to know, isn't it? When someone's going through to know that, you know, whatever the reasons are behind it aren't discussed. Definitely. I mean, I know, um, especially in the South Asian community, Mm. um, confidentiality is a big thing. And if people feel that their information is going to be shared, they do avoid accessing these kind of services. So um, it is definitely important to be made aware that it is confidential, meaning no data will be shared without your permission. Yes. And what are some of the other barriers to discussing mental health within the Black or South Asian communities? One of the biggest barriers, I would say, is other people. You know, the, the term... Genge, mm. is, a, is a very big one isn't mm. it mm-hmm. um, being worried about what people are going to see yes. um, about what you're going through or um, how they might kind of respond to me personally I feel that that is one of the biggest barriers that is evident in the South Asian community mm. what's the alternative I mean what would you say instead of looking at it as what will other people say how should we be looking at it I think the best way to look at it is understanding the advantages and disadvantages of change. Meaning, if we are struggling with anxiety or low mood, mm. asking ourselves if we can improve our state, what are the advantages? And if I am not able to kind of take the steps, what are the disadvantages of staying the way that I am? Mm. And it's a very personal question. You know, the advantages and disadvantages are going to vary from people, from person to person. So if we're able to understand that we are human at the end of the day and people's opinions are going to impact us in one way or another, but it's understanding that we need to take that first step. We have to be proactive in managing our own symptoms 
So if we are able to talk, you know, to our f- close family and friends or, um, you know, at work, if you've got kind of support available or even to your GP, but also if we're able to kind of make mental health more like less of a taboo subject mm-hmm. and this, you know, widely spoken about, I think that will help break down that barrier as well. And, you know, maybe break down that stigma attached to it as well. Yes. And like you said, other people around us can often be quite a large part of that problem for the way that we feel when we're feeling low. And I often think that if you're around somebody who's going through that problem, it's uh, quite important to actually understand what you might be able to do to help them get better rather than looking at it as in what will other people say or how will this otherwise be labelled? We can often play a massive part in worsening one's symptoms. Definitely. Um, I think uh, being judged is a big one, isn't it? Mm. And I think that's one of the many reasons why people in the South Asian community may not talk about this topic as much. Maybe they might be fearful of how the other person might respond. But, you know, if we are in contact with someone who is struggling with anxiety or depression, it's important to look at it from a non-judgmental approach. Just try and be a, a bit understanding what they're experiencing and possibly making them aware of what services are available because in different areas especially in up and down the country different areas will have different support available but ideally talking therapies in most cases can be helpful definitely. And do you think would you agree that it's really important for us to know that it's a a normal thing for a human being to go through you know at times and if it's not dealt with quickly enough or in the right way then you know symptoms can worsen but it doesn't mean that it's something to be embarrassed about it's just a normal sort of process you know for the mind and body to go through when when you're faced with challenges. Definitely Um, there are times when I work with my own clients that Mm. we talk about highs and lows and there is a famous quote which I make reference to quite often and 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 the quote is rock bottom will teach us lessons that mountaintops never will so if we go through life always on top of everything Mm. we won't learn the things that we will learn when things aren't going so well so having ups and downs is part of life similar to you know if you kind of think of a heart monitor Mm. you know the lines that be on the screen I don't know the technical term for it but the line will be up and then it'll be down but it's showing life right this is actually the example that I often use when I talk (laughs) about mental health you're absolutely right that is exactly how I look at it life is all about ups and downs it's when it's a straight line that you have to really worry about it exactly and if you see that straight line in the hospital then Mm -hmm. you know you're in trouble Mm -hmm. but it's thinking about what are the things in our control? Mm. So if I'm feeling low or if I'm feeling depressed and I've noticed I'm not going out as much or I'm becoming irritable and snappy or I've gone from going to the gym five times a week to now I'm not going to the gym at all, mm. in that scenario, what can I do? What am I in control of? Yes. And people might think about, okay, well, I went to the gym five times in a week last month. How about I aim to go for 10 minutes on one day this week. Yes. It's, it's gradually building up rather than kind of jumping in the deep end and then struggling in the long term. You're right. Yes, absolutely. Umar, can you tell us a little bit about the latest uh, NHS Help Us Help You mental health campaign? Yep. So this um, campaign um, is a fairly recent one. So it is aimed to target audiences that aren't really accessing these kind of services. So with the campaign, I mean, some of the research that has been carried out, 
it was highlighted that over the period of July to August, younger adults and women were more likely to experience some form of depression. Mm. With one in three, so 32% of women aged 16 to 29 have been experiencing moderate to severe depressive symptoms compared to 20% of men the same age. The data has highlighted that one in four adults and one in 10 children experience mental illness. So those are just general examples. But when we start looking at um, certain communities, it has been highlighted that South Asians were more likely to be concerned about their mental health in 2021. And 42% of the South Asian audience did not seek professional help after experiencing issues Mm. because they didn't think it was serious enough. Yes. But 69% of South Asians plan to focus more on their mental health in 2022. So this campaign is designed to make people more aware of what help is available and to, well, raise awareness that, you know, if you do need support, help is available. You can go for your GP for support. You can make a referral through the website nhs.uk forward slash talk but also if English is not your main language you can also um, access support um, through interpreters or multilingual therapists as well. Right and I suppose this is something that an individual has to do by themselves to kind of learn at what stage does it become serious at what stage should I be reaching out to somebody for help? You know, as you said, you know, people in the South Asian community often tend to think that it's not that serious. And I think that's um, one of the biggest issues in the South Asian Mm. community, not recognising when we need support. Yes. And the best way we can identify that is if you notice things aren't going as well as you would have liked Mm -hmm. and it's having a negative impact on your own well-being, then that might be one of the early warning signs to indicate that something needs to be done, whether it can be done independently or through professional support. But if we wait until the end moment, it might be more difficult to come through those more severe symptoms. So I'm not saying it can't be kind of managed, but I'm just saying it might take a bit longer than if you were able to identify at the beginning and seek support earlier on. Absolutely. And there really isn't an end to it once it keeps going and going and going and getting worse. The process is much easier if we nip it in the bud as it begins. So once you start seeing those small changes that aren't normal for you on a day to day basis, then that would be a good time to reach out. Definitely. Um, mood is a big one. Mm. So, like for example, if you notice, you know, on a usual week, you maybe experience one or two occasions where you become quite irritable. Mm. And that is you, let's just say, a baseline at a, a usual level, for example. And then maybe, you know, four weeks later, you've noticed that on seven days, one or two days have been good, but the rest haven't been very, very mm. good. That become more irritable on those days. That might be a more easily identified Yes, it's almost like keeping a mental diary or even a physical one if you need to. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a good that you mentioned diaries because when we use talking therapies, especially cognitive behaviour therapy, keeping diaries is encouraged or keeping mm. journals because with cognitive behaviour therapy, is CBT for short, it's a very proactive way to kind of manage your own symptoms. So rather than kind of exploring how we're feeling, is taking steps mm. to make changes in our day-to-day lives and you know i've got i've had some really good feedback about keeping journals and i've had clients in the past who have told me that they've kept maybe like a positivity diary so every day they might record five positive things that have happened in their day and you know maybe 
two months later, they'll spend a bit of time going through that book, going through that diary. Because as humans, we have a tendency to focus on the negative things. And we do forget about the positive things that have happened. So if we keep in a diary of the positive things, two months later, we might have forgotten what had happened. Yes. But going through that book can help bring those feelings back. Yes, it's a good reminder and a nudge in the right direction. Quite possibly when you don't even know that you need it. But yes, there is absolutely a power in writing things down. It reinforces that message mentally and emotionally, doesn't it? Exactly that. And, you know, once it's on paper, we Mm. can then take a step back. We can start to look at it from a different point of view. Mm. Um, And then maybe we could start working through problem solving those difficulties that we might be having. Absolutely. You start seeing patterns. You can actually start possibly even finding the cause and then treating that, which can make all the difference. Definitely. And, you know, when, you, when you've when you been working in mental health, you do see the whole journey that clients be mm. uh, have been, uh, been on and to see them come through earlier on quite low, you know, feeling like they can't be helped. But then as they go through a therapy plan, they are very different. They're very positive towards the end. And, you know, it's, it's, it's taking that practical step in being able to move forward. Absolutely. That step, that very first step is quite possibly the most important step that you can take because the rest of the journey then is to a better you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the, it's, it's the most important, but it's also the hardest step to take as well. Mm. You know, everyone does say admitting that there is a problem is the hardest thing mm. in a day acknowledgement mm. earlier on. But once you take that first step, things do start to fall in place and you will start to notice an improvement. Yes, brilliant. Uma, I've, I've really enjoyed this chat and I thank you so much for sharing some really, really valuable information with us and I'm sure that it will be very, very useful to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And it's so, so important to get this message out there. Especially in our South Asian community, Sonia, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's a taboo subject, isn't it? Big time. Um, and in, in your in your role as well outside the radio, mm. I'm sure you, you, know, you see the whole journey and you know that, you know, the view that the clients have at the end is a very different to the one that they have at the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, it, sometimes it's so easy, isn't it, to sort of drop off that radar then, you know, once we've closed the conversation, they go away to their normal, what's now become their normal life and uh, fall back into those patterns. And it's such hard work to sort of, you know, keep doing what you were doing, you know, that would benefit your recovery from that. Um, Definitely. And going back to sort of just routines and habits and stuff that you've built over time, you know, that have also contributed to how you're feeling right now. Definitely. Um, it's eye-opening, this yes. kind of work. I mean, I don't know about yourself, but when I was growing up, mental mm. health wasn't really spoken about in my community. Not at uh, all. And, you know, when someone was clinically depressed, mm. back in my days, people would say, oh, he's got a gin in him. Or Exactly. You know, and they still do. I still exactly. come across people who do that. And it's absolutely, it's actually embarrassing to have to hear exactly. that in this day and age. 100%. And I'd just be thinking to myself, you cannot say that around this person because there's no wonder they don't want to get any help because of how you're responding. Yeah, yeah. And they, they part of them probably believes that because they can't find another explanation because they're not talking to the right people. And this is so unfortunate because this is the kind of thing that can send somebody to the far edge, you know, where you don't ever want to be. This is, you know, this is what I'm saying. A lot of the time people around us um, can yeah. contribute a heck of a lot to you either worsening or getting better. 100%. Mm. You know, the whole in Punjabi, obviously you hear of, you know, Loki Agenge. Mm-hmm. And same in Urdu Punjabi as well. So with the Pakistani culture, a uh, majority of Pakistanis are Muslim. So 
in Arabic, there is a, a phrase I'll kind of introduce you to, but quite a recent conversation I had, um, we're going in, in the last six months, you know, mm. one of my elders, one of my aunties and uncles, uh, I'll call him the elders for the setting the scene, but it was, uh, you know, what are people going to say? Mm. And I think I must have had one of them bad days where, you know, when you're just fed up of, you know, tiptoeing around people. So I said, yes. I said, you know, what are people going to say? Okay, so in Arabic, we say, mm-hmm. which means from God we come and to God we shall return. Right. So if at the end of the day, people, that's what people are going to say, you know, being a bit kind of blunt here on someone's funeral, then how much should we really be bothered about what they're going to say? Because at the end, we come from God and we return yes. to God, right? Yes, and they exactly. had no response. So yeah. um, I they think they were expecting it. But if that's what people are going to say, then should we really be concerned with their views? Mm. And I, I think that's um, often the problem, to, to maybe be aware enough uh, or conscious enough to be able to take these people and their words out of the formula and have a look at what really matters here. You know, yeah. what is it that I really need to do to to get me better? You know, forget about everybody else, but what do I feel I need to do to get better? And many times I feel like the individual themselves knows what they need to do. They know that they need to reach out to X, Y, Z, because that's where they'll get the real information that they need. But they're a little bit afraid because that's going against the grain of the other people in the room who, you know, who will think negatively about that or whatever it is that they might say. So I think as an individual, I always say, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. What is it telling you to do? Do that. But yeah, I think it's it's a lot to do with people around you. And this is why I I talk more about the third person or the second person, as in not the person who's actually going through the mental health challenges, but you as somebody who's in their space. You know, yeah. how can you contribute to getting them better? What are the things that you should be or shouldn't be saying in their company? And even some of the most positive things that they're positive to you might not work in their favour right now because of what they're going through so just to be a little bit more um, aware of the language you're using um, you know and and, and you're and just what you're doing and the way you're being around them it doesn't mean necessarily tiptoeing around them but just be a little bit more mindful um, especially if you know that the other person is actually going through this journey in life which many of us go through and you know i'm glad you mentioned language there because language is a very powerful tool especially how we respond to others and how we approach people as well even though we can empower people but we can also bring them down as well so we have to be very careful absolutely once you spit the words out you can't take them back you can't take them back yeah so uh, there is a actual a quote from one of our religious kind of leaders Mm -hmm who did say that, you know, in Islam, I've never regretted my silence, but there have been times where I've regretted my speech. Mm. Um, and again, that's a very powerful way of thinking about it as well, isn't it? It is. It is, absolutely. It's it's very important to uh, taste your own words before you spit them out, you know. Definitely. If anything covered in this interview resonates with you, you can visit nhs.uk slash help for more information. The lady with an infectious laugh. You know who it is. Sonia Dutta, Monday to Friday, between 4pm and 7pm, to keep you smiling.
tuned to the Love Lounge with the Love Doctor. Right, okay, so I've got to do something very important right now because I have got someone on the line with me who is ready to get flirty at 8.30. Uh, so hang on a minute, we're going to do this right, we're going to do this right this very second. Right, let's do this. Hold on, hold on, I've got this, I've got this. I, can, I know what I'm doing, I know. Calling all singles. Are you ready to get flirty at 8.30? Message the studio now and let the love doctor of Sunrise help you find love. That's right. I'm going to help someone find love right now. And I've got them on the phone. And we've got Carly down the line from Barking. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm really, really good. So basically, you're single and you're hoping the love doctor can find that special someone for you today. That's the aim, man. I'm putting that aim for you right now, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, I tell you what, in order for me to do the, my job, though, I need to ask you a couple of questions about you just to find out like a bit, a bit about you and also what you're looking for as well. Is that okay? Of course. No problem. Fire away. All right, cool. My first question to you is like, how would your best friends describe you? Like, what words would they use to describe you particularly? Like, any particular things that are quirky about you? Whatever it is, tell me. Uh, I need to I need to be careful because I'm on air, but they probably describe me as funny, spontaneous, and... Funny, spontaneous, and caring, but caring ain't too, ain't too quirky, but funny and spontaneous are my main two. All right, cool. No, it's funny and spontaneous. I like that. I like that. Uh, what's the one one thing that you... What's the one main thing you hope for in a special partner? Like, it sounds really stocky, bro, but like I'm just looking for some companionship. I think that, for me, is like, the most important thing. Like, if we're, if we're digging deep. I don't, I don't think that's that soppy. I think that's that's really I think that's really important. That's probably the most fundamental thing you could probably ask for. Very simple. I like him. Um, and also, next question: What makes you different from other guys? Makes me different from other guys. You know what? I'm gonna say I know what I want. I feel like nowadays, guys, girls, whoever, I feel like no one actually knows what they want. But I feel like I got my head screwed on. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I want, and I'm very ready for that chapter in my life. Well, that is very, very sweet, man. I like that. I like that. I think having knowing what you want is half the battle. So when you do know, you know what you're looking for. So it makes it so much easier. All right. Two more quick questions for you. Um, I wanted to ask you, right, if you met that special someone today, for example, and you just were in that mood and you were going to serenade them, what would you serenade them with? Like what song, what music would you use? You know what it is? Like, I'm only 28 years old, but I love the old school Bollywood classics. So... A bit of Deckard, Joe Bailey, Bar, all those sort of things. I feel like they're so old is gold and can't go wrong with them songs there. Ah, you are a true romantic at heart, aren't you? I love it. I love it. Okay, last but not least, very important question to ask you as well. Um, What would a woman need to do to win your heart? Oh, that's a a very good question. Exactly. Make make me laugh. I feel like just engage in the conversation, make me laugh. Um... And I feel like love. I feel like laughter leads to friendship. Friendship leads to companionship. And I feel like, um, yeah, that's my answer. Laughter, maybe laugh. I love that. Do you know what? For me and my wife, never a day goes by where we don't have at least, like, you know, two or three laughing fits every day at each other because we just always, always laughing about something or another. And I think uh, that that is what keeps us strong. So I'm with you on that 100%. So let's repeat this, right? Just so we know. You're college, you're 28 from East London. Um, you're looking for someone who's funny. You are, sorry, you're spontaneous. You are funny. Um, the one thing that you hope for in a par- partner is just that someone who's going to give you their companionship. Uh, what makes you different from other guys? You absolutely know what you want, what you're looking for. Um, if you were going to serenade a girl, you 
with Serenade. There was some classic old is gold Bollywood. I love that, by the way. And what the woman would need to have to win you over is to be able to make you laugh. Does that sound about right? Have we covered it all? I think that covers everything. So to all the ladies out there, if you've if you heard this and you like the sound of Khalid and you want to get in touch and maybe for me to put you both in touch, drop me a WhatsApp right now. 0795 700 272. Who knows? We could have the first ever sunrise wedding. It could happen. She could be listening or she could or perhaps one of her friends or family are listening right now and they're thinking, oh, how do I get in touch? Just drop me a WhatsApp 0795 700 272 and who knows what could happen. Khalid, I want to say to you, man, thank you for being such a good sport, just coming on air last minute and getting flirty at 830. And who knows, right? You've just done it. It could happen. It may not, but at least you could say you did it. I appreciate taking my call. Thank you very much. Oh, you're, no, you're welcome. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Listen, do me a favor. Stay on the line with me. But ladies and gentlemen out there, that is how Flirty at 8.30 works. So if you ever want to get in touch yourself, that's all you're going to do is drop me a WhatsApp and we'll get you on air. And that is as simple as it gets. Catch our love guru, Amit Soda, between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. every Sunday for that chill out zone.